As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us at this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I get the distinct pleasure to be sitting across the mic from Sarah Brown, who is the host and owner of the Failing Forward podcast and also the Senior Director of Learning and Development at Health Carousel and a longtime friend of myself and our firm. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mike, for having me. You know, this is my first podcast on the other side. Love it. Love it. It's quite the experience. I've done it now twice with yeah. Chris and with Tim Hanner, and it's quite the experience. I'm looking forward me. to flipping it on you. And with you. Yes, yeah. I was I was on the yeah. Failing Forward podcast, which is one of my favorites. So early on to our listeners, go ahead and take a quick second, as long as you're not driving, and right. hit subscribe <laughs> to the Failing Forward podcast. Listen to episode one to let you start your journey, because it will give you a great frame up with Tony Miller. Thank you. Um, really captured my heart from the very beginning. Thank you. So, well, I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor. Yeah. So, Sarah, one of the things that I love how you frame up unleashing your leadership capabilities is one of your focuses. Yes. But I think one of the primary things to hear as a listener to this, that every podcast starts out with a reason why. This is not easy work. You know, you've had some amazing episodes. You know how much work this takes. To our listener, this takes a lot of work, and yeah. we're committed. Everyone who does a podcast has a bigger purpose of what they're trying to achieve and yeah. how they're trying to draw the world out. So can you share with us just a little bit about maybe the journey that led into starting Failing Forward, which is probably very personal and yeah. to you? Yeah. What's exciting, we were talking about this a little bit before we went on, but I have not really, other than a couple speaking engagements, I haven't really shared the total why behind this. But it first started because I had a business, a blow dry bar, which is a sort of a brand new category for the Cincinnati area. We spent a ton of time and effort and money into it. And I learned so much, but we had to close our doors. And that happened in 2017. And so that was like a first taste for me in significant failure. I mean, we've all had multiple failures. At the same time, I had decided to get sober. And my mom had passed away like maybe a year and a half prior to that. That would have been both my parents. My dad had passed away in my 20s. And so it was kind of this, I call it now my renaissance year. Mm. It was one of the toughest years, but one of my best years, mm. if that kind of makes sense. And so with blown closing, I have this wonderful coach who said, you need to do something positive around all of your struggles with this. And at first she said, why don't you write a book? And I didn't feel a lot of energy around that. And then I immediately thought, well, why don't I do a podcast? I had done some women's leadership podcasts like 10 years ago, which is kind of weird to think about. Mm. I sort of wish that I had kept up with it because I would have been like the Mark Marin of podcasts back then. (laughs) Which is one of my favorite podcasts. If you haven't listened to yeah. it, it's Mark Marin, WTF. Anyway, my coach said, why don't you do something positive with this? And so a buddy of mine 
Carolyn Michelli, who works at Scripps, and I had breakfast one morning, and I'm like, I want to brainstorm some ideas around this. And with her help, came up with the name Failing Forward and really wanted to destigmatize failure mm. so that people could feel confident in the failures that they had had if they had learned something, right? I mean, the bottom line is it's not about just failing, but it's about failing forward or learning something from it. So at the same time, I think I was like two months sober. And a lot of people kind of ask me about that sobriety story and what my story was. So I have alcoholism on both sides of my family. It's just everywhere. My dad had been sober before my parents even got married and had lived a very healthy. So the whole like a 12-step program and that whole living was modeled for me, which was amazing. But my story was not like most people think you're drinking every day, you're blacking out all the time, you've cheated on your husband, or you've had a DUI. I didn't have any of those symptoms, mm -hmm. but I used alcohol to cope with anything. So when my mom died, what was the first thing that I did? And by the way, this is very much a cultural norm. Yeah. But what did I do? Drank. I'd be tired from a long day at work, come home and drink. Now, we don't have children, so I could drink even more because I didn't have to care for anybody. A lot of women had those nine months where they couldn't drink. Never had that. Never had that. So it was getting progressively worse and worse. And my sweet, loving husband, after a crazy night out and drinking a lot, the next day said to me, I'm just really worried about your drinking. And I can't believe I'm sort of tearing up about this. Mm. But that was all that I needed to, I quit that day. And I've had two years sober, which has been, oh, wow. I can't even believe it's two years. But just somebody in my corner saying, this isn't good for you anymore. And you know what? finding out months later, it was terrible for him mm -hmm. because at the end of the night, he didn't know who he was going to come home to. Was it funny, smiley Sarah, or was it nasty, mean Sarah? And that is not fair to a life partner. So I had great support, mm -hmm. was able to do that. And I really, really believe, and I'm grateful every day for my sobriety, but I really believe that because of that, I'm able to connect with people on different levels that maybe I didn't have that empathy before because alcohol was like covering it up because I was numbing myself yeah, just every normalized day. That you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't living life or experiencing joy. Another funny thing that I told a friend recently, I'm like, you know, I didn't realize that my husband was so funny. Like I always thought I was the funny one in the marriage. Mm. And swear to God, Mike, after quitting drinking, like – I see so many more things that I love in life that I never had the opportunity to see wow. before. Wow. So that was really the impetus for Failing Forward podcast. Not everybody knew that. Mm -hmm. Most people knew it was because of Blown. And that's cool. That's what I needed because, God forbid, if I had fallen off the wagon a year and a half ago or a year ago or tomorrow, to me it would have been a little bit – I needed some more credibility. I needed mm -hmm. some more time under my belt to really share that story. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as we talk at the Talent Magnet Institute podcast that we are doing this because we've seen so many leaders who the world would view as succeeding, yes. at, succeeding at work. Yes. But when it comes to relationships, community, and life, yeah, they're not succeeding. They're either failing or they've 
never made that the impetus of making work well, Mm -hmm. making work healthier, making work stronger. You have to stand up these other three pillars of relationships, community, and life. And so many executives sit with us. There may be some that are listening today that are like, well, you know, I'm going through this struggle personally, and I don't have any what we call 3 a.m. friends. And my whole life is consumed with the workplace. Yeah. And to be frank, I've been there at times, right? Believe it or not, as busy as I am in the community, and unfortunately, um, I have a spouse like yourself yeah. who keeps me grounded, totally. who challenges me. I've realized by meeting with so many executives over the years that work success, title, bigger job, bigger responsibility, you need to be very careful with that personally. So I think it was maybe after episode 25, I started seeing some themes Mm -hmm. with really resilient people, with the people that I had interviewed. And so because it's hard to remember everything, I created an acronym around it. Mm. And it's HERO. Mm. And I found that these four components, really resilient people, follow. And the second one is what you reminded me of. So, well, the first one is believe in something higher than yourself. So that could be community. It could be God. Whatever that higher thing is Mm -hmm. for you. For me, it would be God. But community can fill that void too. Mm -hmm. But the second one is reframing expectations. Mm -hmm. And for me, with Blown, my personal value was tied so much to Blown being successful. Mm. And I think a lot of us get our personal value externally from work. And it can be a slippery slope because if work isn't doing well, for me at least, I wasn't doing well. And what I found with these resilient people is that they could really detach that. They really had their sole purpose wasn't tied to whatever their revenue was for that year. They could really reframe expectations around that. Mm. And that was a really big learning lesson for me because when Blown closed, I felt like such a fraud and such a failure. And now what I see is I am so proud of myself for doing what I did. I mean, we basically created something out of nothing. Mm. That category wasn't even here before. Okay, so that's the E, expectations, reframe expectations. The third one with the R, which a friend was teaching me about this, and I just loved it so much, it's relationships of equal. And so when we create inequality between us and others, we tend to feel icky about ourselves or less than, or maybe pride. We think we're better than. Whereas if we're on an even playing field with others, whether that's wonderful, but just an even playing field, those people are way more resilient. And then the last one was, I found that so many people were open to possibilities and had incredible gratitude. I mean, the gratitude lists that people do are amazing to me. So Mm -hmm. I try to do that. Do you do them? Mm -hmm. I I thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty sure we talked about that. Yeah. 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 I think when you're referencing that, that it's in many cases, this is why we talk about failing forward, I assume, with the branding of you're going to fail. Everybody is. Life is going to bring hurdles and walls and things you're going to run into. And it's how we learn from that. You know, I know I was at a leadership training up in Queens, New York a few years ago, and they talk about that your past doesn't define your future possibilities. 
and you're not judged by your, usually the only person who judges us of our past is ourselves. Right. Most people can move on very quickly. Yeah. And including those that you may have hurt as long as you've asked for authentic forgiveness Mm -hmm. and they know that you learn from that experience, right? And that you've heard why you hurt their feelings. So going back to the conversation that your spouse was willing to have with you, you being so open to that and being willing to hear him is something I don't want to run over. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because I was in such a shame state that morning you know, if I'm sure all of you listeners have woken up the day after, you either said something or you did something that you totally regret, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, why did I do that? And so I woke up feeling pretty vulnerable and really like down on myself. I think that was a good thing mm-hmm. because he said it in such a loving, gentle way mm-hmm. that it made it okay. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't an angry response. It was like just tears and just realization that now, let me also say that I had been asking, like in our marriage, we would party and I'd be like, God, do you think I should quit drinking? You know? So we had had conversations prior to okay. it. And he'd always be like, no, just moderate it. And I would try my hardest. Yeah. But I couldn't. For me and my situation, I could not moderate it. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people out there who can, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Did that answer that question? Yeah. yeah, I just think I didn't want to skip over the fact that you were so kindly and heart open to that feedback because and and maybe it was his preparation of and your trust in him and you have significant amount of trust and i think so sometimes when there's something that we're doing where we need to hear the feedback we're quick to snap at the one who's giving us the authentic feedback because they love us and they care for us yeah and i think there's a real lesson in that that you were willing to say you know what I think you're probably right. It's time for me to try to figure out a way to set this down. Yeah. And I bet he didn't even know he was going to say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a gift. Mm-hmm. It was a total gift. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for so much for sharing that. Oh, thanks for asking. On the work that you're in, I love that you hit on hero. So we'll make sure we identify that in our show notes. And there's some real learning inside of that. And even the story, I mean, starting out, is that why you started with episode one with Tony Miller? No. Okay. So this is, to me, this is a total, like, God thing. And if you don't believe in God, you can say it was a total coincidence. So I, and Tony's fine with me sharing this, but when I started going into, you know, AA is supposed to be anonymous, but mm-hmm. I don't have to be anonymous with mm-hmm. him because he's allowing me to do this. But I heard him talk one time. He never talks in mm-hmm. meetings. And I heard him speak. I was like, that man, he has a story. And he almost didn't come. He almost did not. He was so nervous about coming to the episode and doing it that he almost left. I didn't find that out until later. I mean, when you listen to that episode, he sounds so confident. When I've told people that, they're like, are you kidding me? It sounds like he's been talking, like he shared that story a million times. So, no, I had no idea. I mean, we really had no idea with any of the episodes. I didn't know how they would turn out. Sure. I think that was also a really good learning lesson for me, too, because with the podcasts, there's not a lot of ego for me associated with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I almost feel as if 
because it's not really me. It's all my guests. You know yeah, this. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit, I feel like a little bit of servant leadership there mm. where my goal, you asked me like earlier on, like, mm. you know, for mm. me, it's around creating deeper conversations around things that matter. And mm. I feel like today we talk about nothing a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like having those deeper conversations mm-hmm. or creating an outlet so that people can think mm-hmm. maybe differently or hear a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And with everybody trying to, with politics today and everybody trying to win their side of the debate, I like having a forum in which I'm just trying to understand where people are coming from and learn about them. That's right. Yeah. So now I'm tearing. (laughs) You've got me tearing up a little bit. You're so right. I mean, I've even had people comment on ours like, Mike, you don't, you just ask a few questions, like, you know, because there's a lot of interviewers who that's the whole point of the show. Yeah. Right. And even our branding doesn't have. It's because you are so open Mm -hmm. and you're not judging people on their beliefs. You're inquisitive. Mm -hmm. You are genuinely inquisitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about your branding and our branding. And they may change over time. Yeah. But at the time of this episode. Mine just changed, actually. I put my picture on it. Okay. Felt a little weird. Yeah. Right. Because of that. And that's the same way with ours right now. Um, Are you changing yours? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But at the end of the day, our hope is that we just get people to lead well. Right. Yeah. And lead well to us looks like relationships, work, community, and life. And what we, our secondary tagline is reframing success in leadership. What does success really look like? Right. Yeah. So we want to talk to people who haven't led well personally and had those learnings and had things going on, didn't think about the community, but all of a sudden their light bulbs went off at some point in their career that they realized the world's bigger than them and bigger than their four walls. And getting people on like Tony Miller, he and Mary both have had a profound impact on my life during my journey of leading through succession planning here in our company. And to hear him so open and vulnerable, and I've told him this and I'll tell him again, Tony, thank you for that, that him and Mary's vulnerabilities and their genuine, passionate love for one another. Yeah, it's sweet. Just really keeps me in tune that... Those are the types of mentors we want to look at, right? The ones that are going on yoga retreats and the ones that can't help but to be having their arms on one another. And you can feel the passion that they have for one another as well as the world around them. And both of them have journeys. Both of them have tough life experiences. And that's just a glimpse into what we all carry with us. And I think people are attracted to that. Mm -hmm. I think people want the success stories, but they don't want an easy success story, Mm -hmm. right? They want to hear about the tough times because it gives us motivation and it gives us hope. So my husband this year, he uses that same book that you do. Gosh. Full Focus Planner. Thank you. Yes. And I bought it and then I pulled it out and I'm like, hey, Mike Sipple told me that I should get this. And he goes, "Um, that's what I'm using every day. I'm like, (gasps) Uh, I mean, you told me to get this. (laughs) Right. I mean, you said to get it. And so one of the things this year that he was working on is being intentional around spending more time with people who inspire him, Mm -hmm. which goes back to this whole like deeper conversation thing, Mm -hmm. right? 
I totally, why did I bring that up? Oh, anyway, Mary and Tony, we have spent some time with them too. And they are those people who motivate us, inspire us, and I think push us to think in different ways. And those are the people that I love being around. Like, I mean, I'm happy to be around people, but I want to be more around people who are pushing complacency, who are striving for goals that maybe they never thought they could achieve. Because that helps me think bigger and better and bolder. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Sarah, as you look at this journey for yourself, what are you, and we've talked a little bit about this, but long range plan. Do you intend this to eventually become a book? Do you want to do public speaking or do you want to sit in this space? it's, It's been great because organically I've started doing public speaking, which has been wonderful about it. And Mary Miller is pushing me to go do more of that. So I'd say, sure, on all of those things. But what I'm trying to do right now is build listenership. And so we're really focusing on that piece first. We have not had sponsors before. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on that actually right now, mm-hmm. which is a big step for me. Like, I'm a little nervous about it. But also, Mary was like, again, you need to think bigger and bigger. And she's really pushing me to do that. So Mm. that's my first goal is to work on sponsorship because I want to get the message out there more. I've been covering this cost out of pocket. And if we had more targeted marketing and advertising, we'd be able to push it out even more. So that is really my big focus right now is instead of organically growing, how do we raise money so that we can grow listenership? Mm -hmm. That's first. And then speaking, yes. I've been doing that already. And I mean, in my background, that's kind of easy for me. I don't say that in a braggadocious way. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's not a stretch for me. Mm -hmm. The stretch is this sponsorship and how do we add value to our sponsors? Mm -hmm. So if they market with us, so I'm learning that, which gets me excited. Anything new to learn around something, I'm like totally driven to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We're also launching a Patreon page. You guys probably wouldn't do that because- Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. So for listeners that don't know, but like a lot of podcasters or bands do it too, I Mm -hmm. think. They launch a Patreon page and it's like a donation Mm -hmm. membership platform. So we're going to test it, see what works. See what happens. Pantsuits Politics does it and I think they've done pretty well. So we'll Mm -hmm. see. That's great. Yeah, we have found ourselves in the same situation. We have had organizations ask about the sponsorship. Like- we would like Me to too. co-brand and connect right. our mission to what you're doing. And honestly, it's like the same thing. If I yeah. well, if I had that, we could be releasing episodes once every th- you know, three times a week. Yeah. So because we certainly are recording at that rate. But I think to be along the journey, I would encourage all of our listeners to go back. I mentioned this earlier. Subscribe to the Failing Forward podcast. Rate and leave a review of Failing Forward Podcast. And then hop over and make sure you're subscribed to the Talent Magnet Institute podcast and rate and leave a review for both of us. The more reviews and ratings you have, the more, quote unquote, valid the data analytics tells the podcasting world that the podcast is, right? And for individuals who have these deep, innate passions and stories and opportunities and visions like Sarah, like ourselves – you can help us as our listeners to get that out. So we're testing, we're piloting this, but we're going to do, it's called failing forward with ados. So adolescents and I'm mentoring 
a young lady in high school and she's going to be interviewing with me and we're going to be interviewing teenagers and young adults on mm. what are some of those failing forward stories that they have. And I felt really drawn to that because I think you have seen this a lot in the workforce. So for my direct reports that are in their mid or early 20s, a lot of the coaching that they're getting from me is around managing stress. And I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, kids in high school right now are going to be working for us in five years, right? Mm -hmm. Six years. Yep. And this stress component thing is rampant. I am coaching my people more on stress and that piece than performance, Mike. Like, oh yeah. I mean, it is so different than what we grew up with. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping these stories will help them with how to be okay with failure because mm -hmm. it's a part of life yeah. and it's not going to stop. It's right. how we respond to it. Absolutely. Yeah. The stress and anxiety that young people are dealing with at rapid pace, and there's many reasons for it. Right. But we talk a lot in our podcast, Sarah, that we go through life with teachers, coaches, mentors, and then once you get into the workplace, typically those resources completely go away right. until a corporation says, well, you need a coach and it's a negative framework. So we're yes. trying to get people to think, well, everyone needs a coach. Everyone needs a teacher and mentor at all points of their career. And I would say that any organization who only gets coaches for the poor, quote unquote, performances, right. they are failing as an organization. They are not bringing out the greatest good in yeah. all people by not surrounding all talent with resources and mentor partnerships, ambassadors, and investing in coaching, right? Yeah. So yes. to your, and to your point, it's to help. We also, what you're referencing, I love the idea. I saw the picture that you put out on this, that let's start destigmatizing that too, yeah. right? And we've been very open here with our work. Like we've had individuals talk about really tough life stories that what they all say is someone encouraged me to put it out there. And once I put it out there, it was like the weight of my shoulders, mm. the chains on my shoulders just shed. From a faith perspective, every year when we would attend Awaited at Crossroads, and Brian Tome would shed the chains off, right? It's like asking, you know, in Christian viewpoint is asking God for forgiveness, right? Yeah. And feeling like, you know what? I was even afraid to ask for forgiveness, right? Yeah. Of these things that I carry, these burdens I carry. But to your point, everyone, when we do that, we become a better person, a better human. We become more relatable. Yeah. We have the ability to connect, more. serve others more, have more empathy, and therefore making you a better leader by yeah. accepting those failures and moving on. And I think the acronym of HERO is an amazing way to think about this resiliency that we all need to have and helping young people do that at yeah. such an early age of what you're doing because there's probably not a place to turn for good quality material like that. I don't think so. So I'm excited. I mean, we'll see what happens with it, but I do think it's needed. So we'll see. Yeah. It's unfolding. We are a big advocate Thank and you. again, we want We're all right of our listeners to tune in to the body of work that Sarah's leading with Failing Forward. We're so excited about the journey. The dear friends you've had on your episodes that even I've learned 
And now when you go out in the market and talk to them about it, they're like, oh, this was so good. This was, you know, know, it feels like you're creating this movement. And that's a good movement, a movement of people shedding those fears and talking about the challenges and having the ability to lean in and know. I know on the second episode that Jamie Smith did, who he's a dear friend of mine, I love Jamie, the episode where he mentioned, and I've talked to him about this since, that I had a friend call who was angry at me. Like, why didn't you think you could call me? Yeah. And- to Jamie's point of like, it wasn't intentional. I didn't feel like I could call anybody. And world listeners today, you've got to have people you can call and you need to tell your friends, you can call me. Yeah. I loved when you talked about that on your episode with me too, having those people around you and those relationships, the 3 a.m. Yeah. 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 We have to have people we can call. And I love that someone who loved Jamie so much was willing to call him and say, dude, I'm kind of disappointed in you. You didn't feel you could call me. And I think it's just, you know, many people have people they can call. They just don't think of it that way. I know. And I know from personal, you just get so egocentric that Mm. an insular that you don't even think about looking around and and Mm. asking for help. I think that's a really biggie is around asking for help. And I'm trying to do that more this year with the podcast. And Tony was like, you got to start asking people for help. Because you got to grow this and you can't do it by yourself anymore. And that's hard. That's been hard for me Mm -hmm. to do, but I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it. Sometimes it's the little things that make a big difference. A post it note and two minutes can make a huge difference in your workday. Find out more at talentmagnetinstitute.com slash post it. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, Produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. Reframing success in leadership.